Hey there, welcome to Downtime with Deeds. Featuring Savvy. Um, that that was Deeds, if you didn't know. Yeah, and and I yeah, this across from me is Savvy. Yeah. Or am I or am I Deeds? We'll never know. What if this whole time it's been a lie? The cake is a lie. That's, everything that's an old everything is cake. Oh, I'm not ready Cake for that. is everything. Please be advised that this podcast contains discussions on religion, politics, racism, environmentalism, colonization, genocide, and generational trauma. Please note that the host, co-host, and special guests only represent themselves with anything they say or believe. Wow. Wow. Excellent. Thank you for that little little advisory there. It gets we, better each time, hey? Yeah, I'd say so. And uh, we just want to give you uh, a little reminder that these are stories. This is our own personal experiences. And yeah, we're still learning along the way. And uh, please be kind. As we didn't come here to cause pain, we just came here to have a, a discussion, hopefully, and maybe bring about some open conversations and some new pathways to be made, I think. Should the listeners also take care for themselves, too, on this journey? Yeah, I'd say definitely take care. You're going to want to go through and maybe have a glass of water. Uh, take a break if you need to. Ooh, stretch. Yes, definitely stretch. Unclench your jaw. Ah. Drop those shoulders. And again, unclench the butt. Yeah, the, feel mm-hmm. your hips. Where are they? I, I, either you're standing or you're sitting. Feel mm-hmm. whatever surface they're against or how you're standing, maybe readjust and see see how your body's just holding itself. Yeah. So um, take and a break and breathe if you need to. Really important, as we always say, as we uh, encourage you to care for uh, others and opening your hearts to listen to these stories. If you need to step back and come back to the podcast later, feel free. We are not forcing this on anyone. Or if that break needs to be five minutes or maybe a couple days. Mm -hmm. It'd be nice if you came back. But we understand if you're in a position where you need to take a break and maybe not deal with our little bits of information here and you need to go deal with your own things, we completely understand because life gets busy. It's like, I think we're going in a roundabout way, trying not to give away what we're going to talk about later, but same with the the advisory and everything. If you've listened to the first three chapters of this podcast, the point is to go into a space and be able to have a calm discussion about serious topics and, and the reason we choose to have these discussions and highlight these topics is because, really, we're just trying to, through example, show, hey man, you can, you can talk about the difficult stuff. You can feel uncomfortable, but you can also do it in a safe, you know, methodical way, I think. Uh, yeah, in an open and healthy breathing way, if you need to take a step back and just do what you need to in that time until you're ready to actually step into perhaps a bit of uncomfort or maybe this isn't uncomfortable uncomfortable for you but you need to just be able to go do your own thing for a bit do your thing if if you have time now phenomenal if you don't then make sure that you have the space in your own mind and your own head to be able to do this and i know for me personally it's really great to have 
You savvy V. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's the, the more lazier version of a, a run, as they would call it, in singing. Um, so some of the benefits of having these discussions with someone you trust is that they have the ability to remind you maybe when you are clenched and when you're not when you're not taking your time with all the uncomfortableness. I feel like we're like pushing, oh, this is going to be uncomfortable oh, experience. Yeah, no. I don't think so. I think it'll just be a very human one. Yeah, I feel like we're drilling at home. Anyway, just listener, please beware that if you feel uncomfortable and that you need to take a break or take a drink of water or just feel yourself in your body, feel free to do so. We understand. And we encourage it. Yeah, we encourage it. So with all that, how do we feel about perhaps doing a little check-in? How, how are you feeling, Deeds? Hey, now. No, no, no. No? No. That's me just saying no, oh, because sorry. I want to check in with you first. Oh, you want to check in with me first? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I'm like, don't, first. Don't, don't, don't you put me first. I mean, you. I can choose. I, I, I'm fine with going first if you want me to go first. Today. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> What's been going on with you, Savvy? What's your life like? What's your... How are you feeling right now? (laughs) Kind of like my left bum cheeks kind of going to touch numb because I've been sitting in a chair for a minute. But um, (laughs) You can stand up Uh, as you. I might, but not yet. Okay. Um, Aside from your bum cheek, um, what other part of you is going? (laughs) Aside from good old lefty there. Yeah. um, (laughs) Hank. (laughs) No. no, I want to name it. You don't get to name my butt cheek. Okay. Not yet. That's that's for a later episode. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm I'm feeling giggly and happy right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, from the last episode, a couple days after chapter, we we're trying oh, to. Sorry. Sorry. Oh my oh, gosh! Sorry. From the last chapters, I keep mixing this up. From the last chapter that we recorded, <laughs> I um, I if you all had listened to that, I sounded like I had my own thing going on with my voice. I did end up lo- ended up losing my voice. It was such a thing. I had to book off of work for a little bit uh, with the main daytime job and it was it was a time because I have to talk to people in work and if I can't speak then I can't speak because I lost my voice and blah 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 and then also I don't want to get other people sick and it's it's a whole thing. Mm. So that was a thing that happened. Otherwise, I've just been super busy with uh, the daytime stuff of being an adult and (laughs) feeling grossed out about how much stuff goes into being an adult, apparently. Oh, grossed out? Oh, yeah. It's like, who said that I got to do all this stuff? I I was not qualified. This is, I was. (laughs) You were not. I am not qualified in being an adult. I I mean, I I can be and I, I. I just don't like it. And the amount of things <laughs> that go towards being a quote-unquote successful functioning human adult with healthy like social relationships and blah 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 is so much work. And it just get, it's been getting a touch overwhelming for me, especially with the holiday mm. season. Like I'm a very festive person and I love the holidays, but it's just it feels like with age if my festivity is fading and mm. it does make me feel a touch concerned because i i'm not religious but 
I really enjoy the holiday spirit that people oftentimes get into of being kind and warm and loving and caring and wanting to see each other again. But also with that, it's you're supposed to be kind and loving and warming and wanting to see your friends again. But if you're not in the space for that, then it's also kind of really annoying and it feels to me like I'm doing something wrong if I'm not in the right headspace. Are you judging yourself? Absolutely. <laughs> Are you, do you have to remind yourself to- your, yeah. your, do your own reminder of care for savvy. Oh, I do. I trust me, I do. <laughs> it's been a thing recently for me. Of I've had to say, hey, if this doesn't need to get, if it doesn't get done today, that's okay. Yeah. And yeah, is it a, is my house a bit of a mess? Yeah. But am I trying to work through my what I feel like is overwhelm for me? in a healthy way and also be able to like do my job and all my other things in a semi-healthy way it's a bit of a a little bit of a reset to be quite frank but so if like if you were to summarize in a sentence you you're feeling uh internal screaming with a lot of social (laughs) overwhelm but also happy and leaning towards the future with a bit more anxiety than anticipated did you see the title um of our last chapter what what we ended up calling it what did we end up calling it oh my goodness um it's pretty it's pretty like aptly named i think like last chapter you were also divulging some of your overwhelmed feelings Mm -hmm. and what you are set to be accomplishing this month and so we quoted you for the title and i think we called it a whole lot of cake and social commitments (laughs) yes that was last month there was a lot of cake and there was a lot of social commitments (laughs) continuing on it's more cookies and social commitments and you're doing no well if i if i could speak okay go for it um because I'm clearly your talent manager. Uh Uh, Savvy currently is juggling nine or ten different jobs. Oh, like... No, let's call them what they are. Well, I mean, if you qualify, like, actual paying jobs and then freelance things, as well as... Anything you pay taxes on. Yeah, and then there's also, like, the social jobs and standards and things of... Yeah. It's, how many how many jobs, you don't have to name them, but how many jobs are you currently juggling this holiday season? Um currently with my I have well, I'm here on the podcast, which isn't my main daytime thing, but it's still something that is ever prevalent. I would hope not. Mind. This is once once a <laughs> month. <laughs> That's a pretty chill daytime job, my guy. <laughs> um it's solidly five, generally. And then we add on a, a few other things because of this of uh, the holiday season. So you're taking like holiday contracts on top of your five main that you generally always uh, juggle. Yeah, yeah, the the five main. Some of them I, I have a few more that are more prevalent uh, mm-hmm. this time of year, just because it's this time of year and yeah. more companies are looking for my skills and such. Uh, yeah, uh, it's. It's generally three all the time, and then with this month, it's jumping up to five, and then with some more things, it gets to be closer to six, and with social constructs and needs, it's getting closer to ten. And it's just kind of like, I am screaming on the inside perpetually, but also I am smiling, and I am covered in tinsel. 
booked and blessed, honey, and yeah, sparkling. I I love it, but also it. Then personal things tend to fall to the wayside. It's really hard yeah. to navigate this whole adult thing. The adulting is difficult, but thanks we're for still sharing. smiling. <laughs> Sorry, smiling. that was a bit rambly, but uh, how are you doing? It's never apologized. I just like imagine that you're that scream picture you, not like scream the movie but also scream the movie but you know that like yeah, old picasso yeah, 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 yeah. where they're like it's the bald little dude and they're screaming yeah i i was sent a meme of that the other day and i'm gonna try to find it and show you okay yeah. okay show anyway me yeah, yeah um what was what oh you me up to yeah <laughs> less <laughs> less <laughs> less than you so um, let's do more yeah so i am not booked in blessed but that was sort of purposeful i think like uh i've i've talked about like starting the master's program mm-hmm. and i don't know if i brought this up in the uh podcast but probably i tend to talk about recent things in my life so i kind of like have always been on this grind as an artist since i graduated my undergrad right like i always maintained at minimum four jobs plus like the additional contracts so i was always juggling in a year like 10 15 20 different like jobs and commitments and like creation pieces and all of that so when i started last year in the master's program just to reiterate quickly i had been told hey you're about to get really busy you cannot work as much as you're used to like don't take on any new shows And so I didn't audition for anything. That's a lie. I did audition for things. But I auditioned for things that um, I knew I would never get. And I just wanted the experience of auditioning. Because if if you stop auditioning, I think for a solid year, you kind of like lose some of your ability. Because auditioning itself is an art form. It's a whole different separate thing from actually getting the job. Yeah. So I just didn't want to lose any skills. So I did audition for things, but things that I thought, eh, never in a blue moon would you be called for this. And I didn't. Um, But I did get offered like two full-time shows, one each term last year, last school year. And it was really busy, like doing a full-time show, uh, being a teacher's assistant, research assistant, full-time student in a master's program and then like maintaining and holding down two constant jobs on top of all of that those other jobs and then the various contracts that came and like getting this podcast up on its feet so there was just a lot going on and I was used to that right yeah (laughs) this year I am I'm laughing because I'm uncomfortable with the stop of the grind. Uh, I, uh, opposite of Savvy, I have purposely dwindled my hustle. Uh, Wait, no, I have purposely stopped the hustle in that I have not booked any new full-time shows, theater extravaganza. I, I have not taken on... I've limited the amount of shifts I've taken on, and I've actually said goodbye to some of my various, like, permanent jobs. Mm-hmm. All for the sake of being, like, I don't think you really enjoyed the first year because you were so busy and always on the grind. So, like, maybe in this next year where you have the time to focus on two personal projects, which is rare as an artist. I think 
it's rare to have more than a month or two to focus on your own personal projects. Yeah. In in the grand scheme of things. So the fact that this master's program was giving me such an opportunity to just focus on one show, one place of study, of learning, and then this podcast, being able to do this and grow my skills there, I mean, it's rare. But it also feels really uncomfortable. So I guess yeah. what's been happening for me is... I feel like I'm not accomplishing enough, even though I'm always working on this and the master's program. Okay, so yeah, no, that makes sense. I can understand where you're coming from with that. Yeah. Because it's, it's a different type of growth to be comfortable in your uncomfortableness. To be comfortable fully and wholly just doing things for everything I do in my art career is definitely for myself, but... To be comfortable in just focusing on projects that I'm heading, that it all falls on me, and to be okay with the fact that I'm not as much in the public eye mm-hmm. because of this, okay. and I'm not just grinding and introducing myself and getting my stuff out there, it seems it, it's just weird and interesting to take that time, but also just really uncomfortable because like another part of that is, yes, I'm a master's student, as I've said for the millionth time. I don't feel like an academic person. No. And I've I've had definitely been feeling some like imposter syndrome and some insecurities with like returning to academia at this kind of level. It's just it's jarring. It's like I have all the time in the world, yet I feel like even if I spend the entire day doing things, I'm not accomplishing anything because I'm not in anyone else's project. I'm not in shows that are going out to the public. Yeah. I'm I'm in the master's program. I have way more autonomy over my program, meaning I'm like... It's not professors dictating what my schedule is. It's me having to dictate that and source that and find that for myself and whatever it means. And so, like... I think there's more space for me to, my brain to just like overanalyze and think on things. And that gets like confusal because I think I ha- I haven't had this much time to like fo- do only my own shit and then like really think on my life and where it's at since I was like a kid. <laughs> like before Ooh. the bills came and before the taxes came, I think that was the only time where I could spend like an entire day imagining what it would be like to be on stage or fantasizing did I do homework as a child? No, no, I nearly <laughs> failed everything, but that's fine. <laughs> so that's where I'm at. I think, like, I'm hearing you being busy. Yeah. And I feel upset, but I also kind of feel jealous because I'm like, I feel like I'm not doing enough in comparison. Mm. But I think that's just, like, weird societal things, pressures I place yeah. on myself that are really just made up and they imaginary are, they are and it's all around like what society deems <laughs> yes. we have to do as like, a starving artist or yes. anyone else and like or as a functioning fucking adult like yeah. it's just been and like i've had more time to process the recent losses and i'm giggling again because i'm just like wow this is how we're gonna cope today all right this is fun i lied i think like yeah the few times i've had to just like be live in my head and really assess the kind of person who i am and what i want to accomplish in life and dreams or whatever was when i was a kid but also like when the pandemic suddenly stopped everything and then i'm sitting there and i'm like oh i have nowhere to be nothing to do no one to reach out to 
I was going to say that it's, it does feel like what you're describing is giving me reminiscence of the pandemic. Yeah. Because everyone felt like they had, it, it was, everyone was put on pause for about, about two years. And it just, if, from what you're describing, mm-hmm. I remember feeling that and feeling like I have the ability to do anything. I can do so much. And then it's, but I shouldn't. I was under the impression I would still be like actively in classes at this point in the degree. And the thing is, I'm taking a directed study, but part of that was to show up for this Indigenous Studies course within the education stream of the university. And the thing with teachers that I didn't know was apparently for their courses, where one term may be four months, they only take in-class courses for two months because then they're on their way to their practicums of, like, working in schools. Oh boy, so everyone in that classroom was an educator, and I took it because I, I came to, like, an understanding of my what my interdisciplinary bit of my degree would be. Mm-hmm. And it'd be focusing on education and the history of uh, Indigenous communities oh. with education. So I, I went into an education course where they're all educators and teachers taking this Indigenous Studies course. And I was like, cool, like my, my next four months are planned out. I'm going to be taking these classes every week. And then it'll keep me in the game and in the headspace of got to do this for my master's, got to do this for my downtime with deeds, got to mm-hmm. whatever the heck, right? Yeah. <laughs> these classes ended last month so i'm like oh and my and my supervisors were kind of strict they're like your classes are over and i'm like yeah because apparently all the teachers need to be in schools now for their so i had finished my classes and i have like one more paper left to do that's due next week huh. and then i have the whole november and december to write the first draft of my show, write the first draft of my thesis, continue focusing on this podcast, yeah. it feels weird. It feels like I'm not doing anything. That's fair. That's fair. It's the lack of thing that is making you feel uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. And I think, like, again, with the imposter syndrome and the insecurity, I've just been feeling, like, as, my, as I have qu- a lot of quiet time now, I'm just, like, sitting there kind of, like regressing into this like insecure anxious anxiety driven mm. human and man it's just been it's been a trip because i'm like coming here i was laughing when i was like telling you don't make the podcast be your only job <laughs> literally literally being here is the first time i've socialized in like a week that's fair. Okay, listen, that's fair. So, and in me saying that to you, I've made the podcast one of, like, my main things that, like, give me any sort of, like, feeling of accomplishment. Hey, and if that's something that gives you a feeling of accomplishment, then heck yeah. But also, celebrate, like, the smaller wins of, like, hey, did I vacuum that? Heck yeah, I did. That is an accomplishment for the day. Did I what? Did I vacuum that corner? Did oh, I vacuum the rug? I heard vacuum that, oh, and I'm like, is that a new slang uh, for the youth? <laughs> no. Are you teaching gonna... me a new slang? Savvy's younger than me, so I always look to Savvy <laughs> to keep me youthful. And Yeah, uh, I vacuum that, too. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know, vacuum. but apparently we made a, a new word. Um, yeah, it, it could mean um, it's not exactly love. It's more like I relate 
but I'm envious, oh. but I'm also happy not to be living your life. Oh, I, I, yeah, I think that we could we could start that. That could be a thing. Kind of like how we've been trying to like dictate chapters, but really when I we, keep messing it up every no, single time. But like, here's the issue. <laughs> past me in the interviews all i'm saying is episodes so why am i making i'm just trying to be real eloquent and i'm and i and i and i chastise you and myself but it doesn't matter because in the interview episode this okay the reason why i'm trying to make it a chapter is i as i love puns and i love really like these like dramatic puns and i like to make my life a story and i'm like oh life is like a story and these are new chapters and we're experiencing oh. and learning something every new chapter and that's why we're going to call chapter instead of episodes because episode has been done and okay yeah, no, that's like where that, that comes i from. like that and there's also whenever there's no point <laughs> no there is a point i think like for a while when things were going south for me is like all of this is good for the plot it's good for the plot it's good for the plot if otherwise it's there's good for no the character reason. growth there's, yes it's like i did not ask for a character developing moment right now thank you very much we're not about a two-dimensional character over no, here no, we're more than that and Are then also it's like we like character depth and uh, all, all the life's a stage and we are merely players and actors on that stage and character shit yeah <laughs> Well, it's, it's just like if you think about how all that nonsense from your teenage years and why your life was crazy. Uh, well, the, if you are supposedly the writer of your life, then, well, look at that. If you were only like 16, 17, well, we don't know what's going on with this. Let's add some unnecessary drama and shake it in there. And then, well, it's like, well, look at that. Would you look at that? The writer's really need to get their skills up so you're overwhelmed i'm sorry <laughs> that's yeah. your character growth never apologize yes. you are overwhelmed proudly i am, I am yes. anxious anxiously driven at the moment but we are both actually accomplished like if we if i look at your life and you look at my life and we just like step back i can say that we're actually doing really well for ourselves yes in spite of like all the all bull the- crud we've gone through mentally mm-hmm. in this past year and whatever, we're actually it's fine. Yeah, but fine. too much time to think and not enough. Too mm- much, too much time in the brain soup. Not enough action. What I want to say, since we are coming up to December, we are actually taking a break, a much deserved break. I realized you're busy with your ten jobs. Yeah, I'm less busy but like mentally doing somersaults we are giving the podcast a pause one because this is our last episode with our special guest don Ladiser. so we really want to give time for anyone who hasn't already to listen to the previous chapters and and this one like just really give it its space but also I lean into it with the excitement to hear the next story. Right. So we're introducing a new special guest. Yeah. And we didn't want to do it during the holiday season. And I think it also makes sense with like the new year as much as I find New Year's to be absolute nonsense because you're just celebrating <laughs> the calendar's birthday. With the fresh start of a new year, I think it would make a lot of sense to what you had suggested of make the new the new interviewee. Mm. giving them their own month away from any holidays that might detract or distract from 
from They're, them joining us on this journey. Yeah, and they deserve to have their own space and to be well received when people have the time for it and everyone can learn and grow. As we were saying though, getting into this interview, we're excited. It's our it's a sad time that this is going to be the last uh, chapter we've gone here for now. Very bittersweet. Yeah, I, I mean, I've learned so much already, but it's uh, it's kind of sad to see him go and, and like he's he's been our first our first person here, and so it's it is bittersweet, like you just said, of losing the first person that I've been learning about for the past couple months, mm-hmm. and now it's we're moving into someone new, which I'm I'm very excited for. However, it's like. Uncle Don, no, please stay here. (laughs) Stay stay with us. Yeah. Each month, while difficult, I feel like these stories have provided a sort of warmth that'll have allowed us time to, as we say, reflect, listen, and learn. And I've also seen us grow and like slide more into this more comfortably. Whereas at at the beginning, I was so messy with my words. We're still messy. I'm still messy with my words, but I felt nervous and anxious and now more so it's like all right i've got my grandma blankie i've brought myself some some cookies let's get into it and we're ready and we're going but at first it was i don't know what to do oh my god let's all experience this together listening to the fourth and final part the final chapter if you will of Jonathan Donald Anthony Lattisers. I'm just kidding. Those two names do not exist. <laughs> of Donald Lattisers' life story featured here solely on Downtime with Deeds. Featuring Savvy. This episode's extra special. It's something else. <laughs> Alright, let's jump into it. Hello, hello, folks. Welcome back to the to the fourth episode of Downtime with Deeds. I'm one of your hosts, Deeds. Welcome to my segment, our segment, Deeds Discovering. As you can tell, I'm still discovering what it means to be a host. Um, we are back with our special guest, Joseph. <laughs> the name I dropped? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the name that, 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 that you had to... Uh... 30 or 40 years of your career, you were Joseph. And that, oh my goodness. We're kidding. That is not my uncle's name. Could you uh, let our audience members know your your given name and then the name, the indigenous name you were also given? My given name is Donald Floyd Anthony Latticer, like I had said after. But I was given a name from Elder Jack Mackinac, Montanski, when he invited me to his sweat lodge. Mm-hmm. And you never ask elders for a name, and I sweated many years with many elders, especially my Frog Lake elders. They never have given me a name yet. It might happen yet one of these days. But now you're Montanski. But now I'm Montanski. And we got rid of Joseph from the the one priest that made that error. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, hey, if you don't know what we're talking about, listen to our previous episodes. That's yes. the whole yes. clincher. Um, we last left off addressing the forebears um also you teaching me the importance of a protocol when it comes to inquiring elders about certain traditions when especially i think it's really important lesson 
Um, just because you're my uncle doesn't mean there isn't any protocol surrounding your title as a junior elder. And part of this deeds discovering is me discovering the culture and what is necessary to respect and honor. Dear ones, dear friends, I have a special, special privilege. Something I didn't know what was happening. Um, uncle. Yeah. Care to speak sure. about who our special, special secret guest Sure. That is joining us for this sure. last episode of your tale. You, you, you know, I I shared a whole bunch of things with you this evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, sure, I might have had that policing career all those years. Learned all my traditional stuff. A man is only as good as he is when you have somebody supporting you all the time. And like I've said in our podcast before, that women are the strong ones in the family. And without their support, you're not much of a man if your woman's not going to support you or your wife. And Noreen has always been there for me. So I've invited Noreen to come and join us with our little dog, Smudgy, sitting on her lap. (laughs) I call him Smudge because he revives me every time we go for a walk. But I'm happy that Noreen decided to come down because she's a quiet one, but support has always been there. through my career and as I've been on my cultural journey and when I was sick and I talked about the forebears and mm-hmm. I told a story about the uh, about the print that was in the back when I went to set up the appointment for the surgery mm-hmm. and there was a big grizzly bear and the way they wrapped me in those cloths that had bear cloths. Mm-hmm. Noreen was all a part of that, eh? Yeah. yeah. So, and and Noreen is, is really good friends still with, uh, with Roy and Judy that I talked about, uh, teaching them cross-cultural sensitivity training in muskegee's mm-hmm. uh marine park took and all that stuff so i'm just gonna shut up now <laughs> um yeah it's my auntie guy <laughs> yeah. uh and i just call him nietzsche moose instead of joseph or donald or <laughs> nietzsche moose he's my nietzsche moose and what, is, what does nietzsche mean nietzsche is friend but nietzsche moose means your sweetheart or your loved one oh Oh, I and, believe. <laughs> um, so, Auntie, for the viewing audience, again, you have right to refuse and pass on and not speak up, if, mm-hmm. even though you're a special secret super guest. Um, <laughs> if you want to uh, give our audience members your name and your, that you want wish to share, um, any information about you, um, yeah. Okay. We'll start it there. <laughs> I'm Noreen Latticer, married to Don Latticer. My maiden name was Noreen Markstrom. Um, I'm originally from Sweden, in the northern part of Sweden, where Laplanders or the Sami people, and they indigenous are to Sweden, indigenous to Sweden, and they still to this day herd reindeers and live off the land. And they aren't only in Sweden; they're in in. Norway and known as Laplanders as in all other cultures names get changed Mm -hmm. but the original name is Sami S-A-M-I and you um, currently live in Canada Alberta with my uncle in a house you built and tell her about our community sweetie because you know more about that we are in a Swedish lodge here Mm -hmm. our home is in a Swedish community where we live now Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's it's an area where um, Swedish people came over and they bought the land for 
a relatively inexpensive price and now we lease the land for 99 years so we're all mostly Swedes out here but we accept anyone and want anyone in our community and this land is over for the original peoples who was here just so we know what territory is this and this is Treaty 6 territory. Treaty 6 territory? Yeah. Okay. And But this land was purchased by Swedish immigrants who came in yes. and lived alongside yes. the indigenous peoples yes. of this land. Mm-hmm. Like when my dad came here, he one of his main fears was to... He didn't know anyone here, couldn't speak the language, couldn't speak English, and um, he was afraid he was going to die alone. Mm-hmm. And so he just wanted to have a place where they could have summer cabins where he could be with other people and get to know other Swedish people but it's no longer that way there's very few people out here that speak Swedish anymore but but um, he lived his life out here and and they built a great community and now we accept everyone in our community Mm. and what did you you wanted to speak to the fact that powerful women you need the support of powerful women. And I imagine um, Auntie here <laughs> was a big support on your journey to discovering your cultural identity and the history of this family, but also like healing. Oh, yes, absolutely. She uh, she was there for uh, three of the four bears. You know, the one bear was on my way to see the elder. Mm-hmm. But th- throughout, even even going to the uh, Pisagostel Correctional mm-hmm. Center, when I talked about going there for the training that had set up with, when I was in Muscatchewski, Noreen was part of that. She came to Pasaga still. She partook, partook in the activities, uh, the sweat lodges. You've been out of the sweats with me. Uh, always supportive, you know. Mm-hmm. Sun dances. I go to sun dances. Noreen's always there and understanding. Um, you know, we're near, we're in a Swedish community here but we border a lot of history you know Musquatchy, Spare Hills that's Highway 2 when you when you come where the overpass is and it says Musquatchy with the with the sign there when you look on top of those hills towards Louis Bull Nation mm-hmm. that's the Bear Hills Musquatchy means Bear Hills in Cree you know where where our community is here in our house like uh, Reserve 138A Samson Van has just on the opposite side of the lake, and where Chief Muscatoon uh, was here in the early 1900s when the missionaries were here, mm-hmm. it's just across on the other side, and you could see it off our front deck. Mm-hmm. So we live in a pretty culturally sensitive area in Treaty Six territory. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can remember to share a laughing story between elders when uh, we used to. Uh, I looked after the the RCMP commanding officer in charge of Alberta K Division. I looked after his elders in meetings all the time. Mm-hmm. And the next meeting, we were having a meeting in Edmonton. It's kind of funny. And uh, Butch Wolflake from Siksika was on that committee. Not our uncle, Butch. Uh, do you no. know Butch Wolflake? No, no, uncle, uncle no. Butch. That's, no. there's we have a Butch no. in our family. <laughs> oh no, this is, but he is put from from. Uh, Six, six, I, you just asked me, oh, you know, no. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'm not oh, I know quite well. He's quite things. the prankster. But anyway, him yeah. and we were in the meeting, and Roy, well, Roy's from Samson. Mm-hmm. Roy Lewis from Samson. And the next meeting was going to be in Red Deer. Mm-hmm. So when do we have our next elders meeting? Because there's elders from all over the province. And I would get them all together, and we'd, and they would bring forward Indigenous people issues that the RCP should be dealing with. So uh, Roy, Roy uh, says, okay, we'll have it in Red Deer's. Said, well, who's gonna say the opening prayer? Well, Roy <laughs> said, I guess, I guess I'll say the opening prayer. And which says, hang on there, Roy, let's not bring up that traditional little fight between the Cree and the Blackfoot now. <laughs> what side is the river is the meeting on before we can decide this? Because so, if it's on the south side of the Red Deer River, I'm saying the prayer. But that's Blackfoot territory. You stay on your side. And they, and they started laughing, oh. but that goes how far their tradition is. To this good day. friends, yeah. But yeah, still, but you can but joke still, about it. Yeah. But you can joke about it. But it was still just remember that we might be in the year two thousand here. But uh, and then you're like, I'm Métis. Still, I, I won't say the prayer. But, at but all. still, that's you're still that's, on my side of the river. You're on my side of the river. I'm saying the prayer. Yeah. If you're on my side, and if I'm, Roy can say it's on his side, but. Let's get that straight, eh? So, uh, since you're in Swedish community, who says, who leads the prayers in this household? (laughs) Marina's actually uh, the chaplain for Vasa Lodge, Scandia 549. Yeah. Mm, Wow. Yeah. 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 And I can do that as one of the few Swedish-speaking people out here. But but, uh, as a family, it's Dawn. It's Mm. Dawn. And we follow the creator and we pray to the creator and that's really our belief but yeah, we're not like we're not very religious people we just go about our normal everyday lives but whenever we mm-hmm. have the meeting during says the opening prayer for the because Vasa Lodge the Swedish Lodge has a meeting every month and what's the religion uh, just because I'm curious it isn't a religion it is uh, the our motto is generosity truth and unity mm. and respecting one another and we all call each other brothers and sisters out here. And mm. That sounds a little hokey, but we're all close and we've all lived together for a long time and know each other really well. So That's amazing. Yeah. I have um, a few questions for you as we're like winding down. And for this uh, interview, just to um, get it started... Um, Get it started. Where I mean, just to end it. See, we've had a long evening uh, for you all. You're hearing this over the span of four months. For us, it's been one night, <laughs> one yeah, night of a lot of heavy, heavy stuff that I really appreciate learning and now knowing for forever. And every time I forget what your original name is, I'll just refer to one of these episodes <laughs> and make sure it's not Joseph that we yeah. re- people. Joseph is a no go, and that that a name. What was it, Alfonso or? Uh, Anthony. Anthony, that one's kind of weird, yeah. weird too. I, I've never yeah, heard yeah. that in my life. Um, <laughs> so these are the questions, and they're for you, Uncle Don. And maybe since we have the privilege of having Auntie Noreen, I'll, I'll let you, um, I'll let you, <laughs> I'll ask you and have the honor of asking you the same questions from your perspective as okay. someone who married in and has been a supporter of rediscovering indigenous identity and culture okay. for my uncle don here sure. uncle don yeah what would you like our 
I keep saying viewers, our listeners. What would you like our listeners to know that you have come to understand inherently? I've, I've really learned and come to understand that indigenous women were wronged by our government back in 1869. It's wrong what's happened to all the indigenous women in this country. It doesn't matter whether you're a Mi'kmaq, a Dene, Cree. When, when we look at that, of them having their rights taken away, and not only that, losing their children through cultural genocide, the residential school system. 60 scoop. All of that. Child services all, to now. That's all towards, geared towards indigenous women. They've been wrong. And, and if it wasn't for people like Sharon MacGyver on Bill C-3, the Deshenu case, I wouldn't have my treaty status. When I talk about women being strong in the backbone, it's those women that fought the government to recognize their children and their ancestors. You know, in, in my case, my great-grandmother, Marianne Cardinal, who I talked Is about that my a little. my great-great-great-great-grandmother? great-great-grandmother. Mm -hmm. To have her treaty rights taken away when she married my grandfather, uh, Absalom. She applied to obtain script in 1865. Mm -hmm. But they didn't give her script. I've got her affidavit that says that I never did obtain script. Because the government, they didn't give her $240 because they already knew that she had married my grandfather and she wasn't an Indian anymore. And by the way, these barriers, these rules of um, the blood quantum, and those are just all tactics used to eradicate indigenous yeah, peoples. The... So it wasn't, it, it doesn't make sense to me. That no. someone can suddenly have this taken away just because of who they love. It's it's instances like that, but it it took it took those two grandmothers, those two those women, those women to fight the federal government, so that so that bill bill C three and the S three could be passed for numerous paving the way for numerous individuals, people like me, to finally get our Indian status. But when you look at it, the federal government is still a numbering system under the Indian Act. Like, we should all be Indians. We should all be Indians from that. Not not, not a 6'1", a 6'2". We should all be classed as one Indian. And that's why our chiefs are still fighting across this country to, to get rid of the Indian Act or amend it and rewrite it and work on it. Uh, it probably won't happen in my lifetime. It remains, it remains to be seen. But it's women you, you haven't even met that brought you back to your culture and our family. Absolutely. Kept it safe. Absolutely. And I was told numerous times before I started my 13-year journey of my heritage and my family tree that the further my, back my cousin Gary went that we became more white. Well, he was, he was wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, and I didn't take no for an answer. And when I found that document of uh, her requesting to leave treaty dated 1864, uh, I knew she was, it confirmed that she was a treaty Indian and then getting all the other documents to fall to fall in place and finding the actual treaty lists of 1883, 84, and 85. And this was in Treaty 6. In Treaty 6 territory. Mm. Yeah, because when the, 
they and and my our great cook on Marianne's band was actually band one twenty nine. They they were they were uh, subsidy of the treaty signed in eighteen seventy six in Fort Carlton and ratified in, in September in eighteen seventy six at Fort Pitt. But they they were band number one twenty nine, but when when the Louis Real resist rebellion was going on in eighteen eighty five PAC's band number 129, Beaver Lake Band, were starved, as well as Saddle Lake and numerous other bands towards Frog Lake, because of the because of the Frog Lake massacre that happened near Frog Lake when the, when the priest was killed, and as well as the trading post looted near Lac La Biche, the Indian agents refused to give any food to the Indians, so they mm -hmm. starved out PAC's band number 129, which my great grandma was a member of. And, and her dad. They starved them. They starved them out with any food. So they, so the band uh, disembursed, and a lot of them, some of them went to Beaver Lake. Others just wandered off up towards Demeray. So a lot band of them died. Uh, and some of them died. Mm -hmm. and so band number one twenty nine, with my Cookham's band, was was is no longer. They're extinct. So when I registered to treaty. They put me with Band 131, which is Beaver Lake Cree Nation. I'm proud to be from Because Beaver the survivors Lake. went there. Because the survivors went there. Mm -hmm. But Beaver Lake Cree Nation never got their reserve until 1911. Treaty payments were paid to PAC's Band Number 129 until 1911 when they disenfranchised it and eliminated it and said they'll be 131. And, and Beaver Lake finally got the reserve in 1911. So it's this weird thing yeah. where someone had to be essentially is exterminated and that yes. history wiped out in order for other indigenous people yep. who should have been Indians. receiving those land taxes, though their, their rightful resources and money, they should have rather than have to wipe out a ban for them to get something, they, the ban should have survived and they should have been treated the same. You're right. Well, the get-go. And, and that's the same thing in my personal situation, 23 years on first nations communities. If I was registered as a treaty union, I should have been tax exempt all those years, but I wasn't. And resultant of that, I lose all those tax dollars. And I can get into the whole big Thing scheme, on money. scheme on that, mm -hmm. but but I won't. And that's not what I'm here for. Yeah. But well, but, maybe but, next but, but it's the government. <laughs> but but that's the government for you, mm -hmm. of manipulating and putting things their own way. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I know I know it's a podcast, but. I support everybody that wants to throw John A. McDonald's statue into Lake Superior or the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> John Not A. McDonald was a prime minister of Canada. Yeah. And and he wanted the Indians wiped wanted out. to assimilate yeah. the Indians. You were talking about how you always revered the RCMP as like great heroes because that's what you were taught and you without understanding the dark history behind it. Yep. That's how I think of mm -hmm. Louis Riel, mm -hmm. someone who was always revered in the textbooks whenever they barely talked about the indigenous history mm -hmm. as someone who did a lot of great things without acknowledging the bad things that happened, mm -hmm. um, which I think is important. Um, and exposure, thank you for answering that question. Mm -hmm. Auntie, mm -hmm. same question. What would you like our listeners to know that you understand inherently? Oh my, what a question. I know. They're uh, she's just sitting here scratching a little smudgy. If you all can see Smudge, maybe they'll let me post a picture of Smudge on our Facebook page, but Smudge is cute. No, it's just been really interesting and a real eye-opener to 
to go through this uh, this journey that Don's taken, finding out his ancestral tree and and understanding. Um, and I think more white people are wanting to learn more and find ways to learn more. And I've been lucky enough to be married to someone that has shared that with me. So I have a better understanding than most people. But but uh, yeah, there's a real need for for people and, and a want for people to to hear those, hear what really happened. Thank you. Thank you for speaking to that. And um, my auntie is a white woman in Canada and is allowed to talk about white people <laughs> just for anyone who might be wondering. <laughs> um, okay, uncle, here's our amazing question. And by the way, if it seems like I haven't been ans- asking too many uh, scripted questions, it's just because my uncles went ahead and did some groundwork and actually like answered them, so I didn't even have to bring up the question. It was already <laughs> being talked about. These are the ones we haven't gotten to. Um, Uncle Don, what is something that you learned that surprised you? Hmm, that's a really good question. Something I've learned that surprised me. I never knew that I would, that I would uh, have any such close connections to some of the people I've met on my journey in my life, especially Indigenous people. Because when I was young as that young constable and you're dealing with people who are drunk and now that I've grown older and a little wiser, those underlying issues, there's reasons for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it surprised me when you brought it up tonight, but that I didn't know, even when I wanted to join the RCMP, that these policemen had taken all these children away for this cultural genocide that happened in the residential schools. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a little surprising <laughs> me. But, I... but on a personal level, I never knew that, and I've never lost this touch for years, I never knew that I could, and I've joked with people when I go moose hunting, mm-hmm. I tell them, if you want a moose, just let me know and I'll call you one. Mm-hmm. People have laughed at me, even even when we're having social gatherings. Yeah. And I brought moose right to the campfire. And I, I can call moose as long as they're within ear range. I'll bring them to me within 15 feet. And so to me, if I want to talk about a personal thing that surprises me, I never knew I'd be so good at it. But I am. Mm-hmm. I'm lucky that way. I think, I think what what is surprising to you is now that you've been doing the research how how close you are to all the other aboriginal people out there that you are didn't even work. realize how 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 close you are because i remember years ago when we were living in vilna and we were going golfing and there was um there was somebody that we were going to golf with and his name was cardinal and i said i said oh we might be golfing with your cousin and you said to me i'm not related to the cardinals <laughs> and now you've done this big long research we did talk about you did just a few episodes ago mention how we were related to a cardinal <laughs> and and that is marianne cardinal who is the connection between him and and i just had to laugh and and at the time i said to him you never know you could be related to the cardinals any of these people but that's like that's super important because i think like intrinsically even though it's 
took you a, a while to get here to where you are now and you're still learning and uncovering as much as this country tried to beat the native out of you and assimilate you yeah. inherently these are and as much as like you were going into the rsmp before the word decolonization was even yeah. created you were decolonizing that space and you were putting in the work and before you even knew any of the cultural, you were practicing it. You were practicing our cultural ways without knowing. And that means it's in your, it's in your spirit. It's like in your blood. It's not... You always felt he was, for sure. It wasn't that you didn't care. It was the country creating laws that kept you and Papa and Mama and everyone from the culture. You were in the throes of just surviving. As we unpack and learn about these things, like uh, you learned a few things from me as I'm learning, I think it's like important in that perspective and in our pursuit to heal our communities and become better for ourselves. We, I, we have to give ourselves some benefit of the doubt. Anyways, <laughs> auntie, <laughs> I'm bad at segues, by the way. You'll find this out quite, quite often in this podcast. I, I cannot segue to save my life. Um, what is something you learned that surprised you? How, how it wasn't that long ago that there was still a lot of things happening. Like we think back and we think, yeah, but that was hundreds of years ago. And, and or a lot had, of people say, oh, that's yeah, history. Get over yeah, it and everything. Exactly. And it wasn't that long ago. Like, I don't know the statistics for a lot of things, but I'm always shocked when I hear that that it was, you Wasn't know, Wasn't the last residential lifetime. school canceled in 1995, yeah. I think? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and, and given the right to vote and, and, and go off a reserve and all those kind of things were, were in my lifetime. I had no idea growing up that those things were happening in my country. Mm. We were never taught, that taught those kind of things. And the first time that Dawn took me to a powwow... And I had some elderly, very English relatives that, that I took that were so happy to come with me to that powwow. And it was a life-changing experience for those aunties. And all the way there, they're like, well, I'll pay for the admission. And the other one was saying, well, I'll pay for the parking. And I'll pay for this. Like they were all so thrilled to be going on this outing. We go there, and of course, there's no price for parking. There was no price for admission. There was, there. It was all free. We go into the grandstands. So they're used to the European way of yes, like events. and they get mm -hmm. they were gifted like they of course they recognize them. They're white hair old grannies and they're old white ladies there, just coming to the powwow, like, coming to the powwow and having the, the time of their lives, never believing that anything like this existed in their country and they'd lived here for. 50 years it was illegal and those things so were illegal they were gifted with uh, blankets and other things and as we're driving home in in the car they're like crying and saying i not only did i not have to pay for this i'm coming home with gifts and i'm coming home with this new new vision and this blankets yeah, yeah like they were just so happy like it wasn't the the things it was the 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 colors and the movements and the culture and the all that kind of things and and they were just so so happy that Dawn had introduced them to that so that was pretty cool I thought
And so it's a big, I guess, a big thing is surprised to know that this, like, entire part of Canada was hidden and exactly. almost and almost made it extinct. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uncle, what knowledge would you like to pass on? That just, I, I made a footnote about that, actually, earlier today. And I'm going to be really short. Just to, even myself, I, you know, I'm not making excuses, but I, from all the from all the things I've seen in my policing career, I suffer from post traumatic stress. Mm-hmm. But again, I I use my culture at times when I'm up at the shop or when like yesterday when Leanne, our friend Leanne was going in for surgery, she phones and asked me to do a smudge for her this morning to do a smudge before she went for a surgery to ask to say a prayer. Mm-hmm. So I say to answer that to pass on embrace your culture if not learn about it you know Mm. uh, my dad was telling me a story about my brother getting mad at an individual like and I'm still trying because I get angry and and mad sometimes it's just the way I am you know don't get heated up don't get heated (laughs) up just just uh, is it going to really matter Noreen always says is it going to matter a year from now no so no Embrace your culture, enjoy it, share it with other people for those who don't know, and study it uh, if you don't know, right? Yeah, no and, matter you your know, age, and, and and enjoy and enjoy what life is because, you know, both Noreen and I are cancer survivors, and uh, we got another kick at the can here, right? Eh? Mm-hmm. And now you know now we have a little granddaughter, you know, and and that's two months old and. And she's not going to be baptized in the church. Uh, Elder Jack Mackinac is going to smudge her for her blessing. Uh, whenever oh. that's that's what the Nelson and Kelsey want to do. Not to compete with your granddaughter, but you also have an incredible niece who I'm yeah. told is well established. <laughs> so doing great things. So in the Mokinstis area. So to me, it's just it's just to pass that on, and more importantly, I and I I I've told my siblings about it. You know. They didn't believe me when they, when they found that I got my Indian status because I didn't tell anybody till I had my card. I, nobody knew that I was doing all this work, mm-hmm. and I suddenly got my Indian status card, and I told them, and they didn't believe me. But to me, is I I would love for anybody to sit down and and read what I found out about our great grandmother and mm-hmm. and and the way I was able to piece it together. But more importantly, like I say. Embrace, embrace, embrace our culture. Mm-hmm. Believe in our medicines. Believe in our traditions. We always and we always have science too. You know, mm-hmm. never give up if you're ill. Just be open. Okay, Auntie. Oh no. <laughs> I, I love this. I, I love you for doing this again. Okay. Not planned, folks. Not planned okay, whatsoever. What was the question again? What knowledge would you like to pass on? That was such an evil cackle I just did. That was my evilness coming out. Mm -hmm. Noreen loves Pomeranians. Just like Pomeranians. (laughs) Life is short. Goes by in a in a blink of an eye, and uh, just love one another. And she always said that though, even when we were before I retired. Like Mm -hmm. I, I was done, and I pushed myself to do another four years. I wanted to do another four years to. Top up my pension so I can live a little bit more. 
better life after I retired. Mm-hmm. But she said, she said, don't wish your life away. And you know what? I've been retired now a few years from policing, mm-hmm. and life is just passing us by. You know, and we can't go anywhere right now because of COVID. So we're missing some fabulous opportunities, and and we're fortunate that we were able to to go places before COVID hit. But life goes by so fast. She's right. Just enjoy it. Mm. And um, Uncle, you already like talked about this. These questions you answered them in our previous three episodes. Go watch them. Um, listeners, no. <laughs> Subliminal messaging. Watch all the episodes or listen. Listen to all the episodes. Words. Um, Auntie, what is what was the hardest moment in your life and the happiest moment in your life, if you're willing to share? The hardest moment, I guess, was losing my parents. But I feel like they brought Don to me. And I met him at a later stage in life. Like, we didn't get married till I was 40. Mm-hmm. But it was... A different life I just wish that he would have known them and they would have known him and we could have been a family together so again you have to appreciate the people you have around you mm-hmm. and but feel like they're always with you even after they're gone they are with you I understand that and the happiest moment the happiest moment hearing Dawn being with Dawn. Like I was going to say when your granddaughter was born seems like a contender. <laughs> but I guess, that's, I guess you're that's, all right, that's Joseph. All, you're okay, that's dude. All gone. <laughs> no, I don't know. Ever since ever since I met Dawn, it's like, like, like I said, in one way, it's great because everything is just flying by. But on the other hand, it's like, whoa, slow down a little bit because it's just flying by too too quickly mm. I feel like we're getting old <laughs> no we y'all have each are, other you're all are young 60 <laughs> a young 60 yeah. um not to give away your age <laughs> uncle no I know how old you are 61 uh, I'm an older woman <laughs> <laughs> is, is uncle Don the young stud in the he in is. the valley younger than you but you're yeah. younger yeah. Oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> um okay um Uncle Don, what is something you would like me to know? I really believe that when we're talking about our culture, mm-hmm. I believe you should be registered as a treaty Indian. I really believe that you have the lineages there if you want to pursue that avenue. The lean lineages. the lineages. I thought you called me lean edges, and I'm like, what is that term? <laughs> Words. It's been a long night, but folks. Of course, of course, you're proud of your Métis culture. I'll never force anybody, but I, I really believe that uh, you are you are entitled to that registration. And and when we were driving up here today, and uh, when when you were talking about your friends, you have a lot of Blackfoot friends, you know, from the from Treaty 7 area. They really, um, they taught me a lot. And, and you know what? Embrace those people. Of course. Learn about their culture. I love go them. to their sun dances and go to their powwows and just immerse and take it in. Mm-hmm. But, you know, 
Um, if you need a little bit of help to get your stuff together, if you want to pursue that avenue, if you feel like it. I definitely want to learn the, the Cree know. language and Mi'kmaq and that's my yeah. first step. I, I want to, I don't want that, those languages to die out. So and if you want to, if you want to see if you can register as a status Indian, mm. I've got all the information. Okay. Mm, thank you. And the interesting thing is, is that, uh, our little granddaughter there, uh, if she's successful being registered very soon, I can't see why you wouldn't. Thank you. Um, Auntie Noreen, what is something you would like me to know? I'm, I'm just happy that you've had this time with your uncle to learn more about him. I know how it hurts that you lost your dad so young in your life. And they were very different people, your dad and, and your uncle, but they're still two peas in a pot, I would say. Mm -hmm. And Don knows more about your dad than, than anybody probably in the family, even though... He was my mom's favorite. <laughs> <laughs> he was everybody's favorite. Uh, um... <laughs> To that, I'm gonna I'm gonna let them know a little story, a little discovery. When I was on the journey of writing the grant for this uh, podcast and this project, I was on the phone with Uncle Don, and I don't know how we got to it, but I just got to how like my dad spelt all like my name, my older brother and sister's name very phonetically. Um, so like even though my name is Deidre, it's not spelled correct. It's very phonetic. And then. Um, I was like, well, he did that for my whole name except Latticer. And he's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, oh, well, Solange, he spelt it S-A-L-A-N-G-E. <laughs> and I'm named after Mama, or, uh, your mom, Solange. And for a favorite child, how in the heck is he going to name his daughter after her and spell her name wrong? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, he it's, it's S O L. He yeah. spelled Solange wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but my, okay, my mom, Tanya, says, it was to make me more unique. It was oh, on purpose. Okay. Well, but it's very much like he sounded it out in the yeah. moment. You definitely are unique. So. But you, you, you looked at me and you're like, that's not true. That's not how, how, he, how my brother spelt your middle well, name, I see, Solange. I've seen your name yeah. the way it's spelled. S-O-L-A-N-G. It's S-O-L-O-U-N-G. Yeah. And then you're like, why is you? No, actually, I think it wasn't even that. You asked me as we were talking about names. You're like, by the way, why is your name spelt wrong on Facebook? You asked me, and I was like, Wrong. that's what it is on my birth certificate. I don't go on Facebook. No. But you saw my name through Auntie Noreen, because yeah. yeah. you asked me why was it spelt wrong, and then you're like, no, he didn't. So, funny moment. Um, interesting story, because this leads me to my last question, which I think is very... Um, very important for this discussion as we've kind of talked about my dad and I'm pretty sure like as I reflect on each episode in other segments of the podcast um, of each episode of uh, Deeds Discovering I'll probably get into a bit more about my relationship with my dad and how amazing of a person he was um, Uncle Don is there anything you would like to, if you could, say to my dad and have it immortalized on this podcast by his daughter. Um, yeah, why did you always leave me at home when you promised to come pick me up <laughs> when you were growing up and I was done trapping squirrels? I would wait forever and you never showed up. <laughs> we will never know unless he visits never you know. in a dream. Yeah. 
you said be it. <laughs> you know what? Actually, kind of like how dreams are very powerful, right? I, I have a lot of dreams where um, throughout, since my dad passed away, he would visit me in dreams. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, I've, I think I've told you about this before, but in the dream, we would acknowledge it's a dream and that he was dead. And he would know the times. Mm-hmm. And it was just something we established where he was like, since he first passed away, he came and he was like, this is a dream, isn't it? Yeah, you're dead. Yeah, but this is a world where we can be together and talk yes. and everything. And I actually talk about it in my one-person show. So but cool. maybe, hey, Dad, <laughs> come and visit me in a dream again and answer that question. Why wouldn't you pick up your little brother? Jeez. You time, had one job. Geez. And every time I see a moose running around somewhere, yeah. I think of him because moose on the loose. Right? Yeah, so that's another thing. My dad yeah. said once once he passes away, if you ever see the term moose on the loose or anything, that's just him checking in. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, answer the question, Dad. Why are you leaving? Um, That's your grandma. She used to always leave me at home. Well, yeah, I'll come and pick you up, but no, he'd be out partying. And you're catching food for the dinner table. But he'd be he'd be (laughs) out partying with Dwayne Harp. (laughs) Another Dwayne. Oh, maybe the Dwaynes are troublemakers. (laughs) (laughs) Auntie Marie, would you like to say anything to the lovely? I know. I I can hear your dad. I remember Mm. when your dad was passing, and. We were very concerned about you kids because you were young and and what was going to happen to you. And your dad was very confident that you were going to be just fine. And we weren't sure because yeah, it's hard. And Tanya had a had a household and a hard life and with all with with everything. Five kids and with five kids, yeah. You know, but uh, Biggs was right. You guys uh, have all done well. You hear the dad? You were right, <laughs> especially you, especially you. You you've really done well for yourself, and I'm really proud of you going to university and now working towards your masters and well, all that. We don't know if I'm gonna get in the <laughs> masters program. Well, well. You're working towards it. I'll be able to answer that by the by the time this episode airs. I will have found out if I got into my master's program. You know, Someday you will. I also I also want to say that that there's another great person here for for who you are, and who your siblings are, and that's Tanya. Mm-hmm. You know she she's done a marvelous job. She did a marvelous job raising your kids. You know, and I have to commend Bob too. Because Bob took you guys as his own. Mm-hmm. He's worked hard to support you guys. And, and your mom and Tanya's always been there. And she raised you guys even after you passed on. Kudos to them. And I've always said that. And I've told that to my siblings. Mm-hmm. If they got upset at your mom or something, I'd say, don't talk, don't badmouth her in front of me. Mm-hmm. Because you're wrong. Mm-hmm. She raised those kids. And, and Bob took those kids as his own. And for the audience members, I'll probably, like, speak more about this in the other segments, but, like, um, so I was raised by three parents. I had my biological dad, Biggs Baby, I'm told, was his nickname in high school, uh, the illustrious Duane, who passed away when I was 14 from cancer. And then I had my mom, Carol. Um, Carol had a, led, a, led a troubled life. She um, had a lot of demons, and she was an addict. And though she tried when she was sober and 
unfortunately, it led to her um, passing away in 2017 from a heart attack. Mm-hmm. But in between that was my uh, my dad's partner. And it was his partnership with this woman who I met when I was one years old, mm-hmm. who gave me my little brother and sister, <laughs> uh, just gifts and treasures. <laughs> and she took me in when I was one and she... Yeah, she raised me. Um, she didn't have to after my dad passed away, but she kept trying to raise us and keep us together. And when you think about it, she was young. She was 28 when my dad she passed was. away. She was my age that I, I am know. now. Exactly. Five kids. Exactly. <laughs> and here's the, here's, the, here's the really amazing thing about this woman is after my mom passed away, she posed the question because she didn't want me and my sister to feel like we were orphans. She was like, I can adopt you. And she offered it. But then she took back that offer because after doing some research into what adoption would look like, it would be eradicating our mom's name from my from my birth certificate. Mm. And even though she never had a good relationship with her mm-hmm. and our, my mom was troubled, she didn't feel like it was right to eradicate her from our history. Wow. So she took it back. Yeah, that's... Something. But here's the thing. She didn't tell me that's why she took it back. Because I was like, hey, aren't you going to adopt us? And she's like, oh, no. And then I'm like, you don't want me anymore? <laughs> like, what is... You've been raising me for the last 20 so years. Like, what's happening? Wow. And she was like, no, I just don't want to... Um, your mom deserves to be a part of your name. And I think that speaks a lot to her character. For yes. sure. Thank you for, like, saying that. And for Bob... Bob it will forever be Bob to me. No one can ever be my dad and replace him, but he did a lot, and he's a great partner for my mom, and yeah, he, he takes care of his kids. And um, without him, I don't know what my mom would have done, so I have great respect for him. Mm-hmm. But, oh my goodness, are we done? Yes, we're done. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> this was a lovely experience, but having these conversations keeps a culture alive. And for Indigenous folks, we are all, you know, survivors of colonization. And no matter what age you are, no matter where you are in life, it's important and valuable and okay to be asking these questions. Mm-hmm. Please bring tobacco if you speak with elders. I will. Do that next time. (laughs) Even if they don't smoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, that seemed odd to me. But how do you know he smokes? (laughs) And I want to say this, like, um, you kind of spoke to it lately, but like, Auntie, you're a survivor of cancer. Do you mind Mm -hmm. if I let them know what type? Yeah, yeah. So Auntie is a survivor of breast Breast cancer cancer. and Mm -hmm. my uncle colon cancer. And I just remember you, to me, were such a a good strong image yeah. and i i always have great love for you and appreciate you and thank you. you're all right you're all right you. uncle don no, i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> i have great love for you both thank you for inviting me into your home and for feeding me and keeping me safe <laughs> and um um thank you for uh being a part of my life my whole life yeah thank <laughs> thank thanks for that thanks for when you have a big family, sometimes you it's lose hard. contact with people, and it's hard. Yeah. But I will say, Uncle Don and Auntie Noreen has always been there to attend every, could possibly be special event of me and my siblings. Yeah, so, I very much appreciate it. 
And if you ever wanted to know what my dad sounded like, it sounds like his voice is very similar to this this dude right here. Mumbles? <laughs> I was speaking more about the high kind of nasally pitch. Except but, uh, when, I, when I sing, I don't make rough cuts. <laughs> Stop. Apparently my dad made a lot of rough cuts in his day of <laughs> songs. Thank you so much, listeners. And if all goes well, potentially in a second season, we could have these lovely folks back on the podcast. Till then. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. It was a pleasure. Deeds discovering stuff she never knew and learned. Okay, it's a work in progress, the song. (laughs) Bye. All right, and welcome back to Downtime with Deeds. This is us reflecting now. Deeds, tell me how you're feeling. Well, uh, I think uh, it it was a good game. We we all tried our best out there. Uh, we, We were scoring. We were losing. Oh no. We were cheering. Oh yay. We were crying. There was touchdowns and touch remarks and touchy feelings and uh, touchy uh buttons. that's that's <laughs> how I would be if I was a sports yeah. Have you noticed that, like, in most sports interviews where they're like, how do you do it there? It's just, like, the most generic thing they say about the games they're having. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I don't watch sports that often, but when That's I me do, if I was in the... If I had the sports bug. If, sports I, bug? if this was the sports. One of my favorite things that I ever heard was when people are like... My mom always says, go green guys! And then other people say, no, don't say that! And she's like, okay, not... Green guys, go winning team! (laughs) (laughs) Go one that's not the loser. (laughs) I go, woo sports! Woo, 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 woo. Oh my god, I just heard an echo. It's because I I hollered woo sports a little bit too loudly. (laughs) Okay, so, but like, anyway. In all reality, (laughs) you you asked me like how, how that was. Yeah, how was that? How was the interview for you? How was it to be able to talk with Noreen? It was a boost of serotonin. I, I just like, <laughs> I think I've, I've talked about this already that like, I'm pretty sure I'll, I've blacked out like these in, interviews since I've done them. Oh, you, I've blocked it out because I was, I was visibly surprised that Noreen was joining. Like I completely forgot from when we <laughs> recorded it. And this is, this is the true gift of having ADHD Yeah, out of, out of sight. Out of mind. It's gone. I I looked at Savvy so shocked, like, yeah. what? As it's me introducing <laughs> That's it. object permanence, baby. Oh, my God. I, um, okay. Yeah. Uh, so. I, I saw your shocked face of, oh, it was a shocked Pikachu. Oh, I was like, oh, what? <laughs> what? We got Nuri? What's happening? Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Okay, so, uh, okay, what I was feeling. Um, hmm. <sighs> Happy? Yeah. Um, fulfilled? I. It's not every day you get to record two people giving you life advice and also just complimenting what you've done so far. Yeah. Like, I, I as I was listening, as I was reminded, as Auntie Noreen was brought on, I, first of all, I love hearing them talk to each other. Yeah, they sound so wholesome and cute. I love seeing their relationship and the care. Like, it's just, it really, like, how people talk to each other, how you see people treat each other really reflects their character. Absolutely. And once I got past my shock, 
of remembering this thing again. I think I was just kind of simultaneously living in the moment of when I was there. Because I've never... I have. I I felt this warmth. <laughs> it just felt healing. I think, like, as I, as I kind of, like, said at the start of the episode, we be going through it, right? Yeah. Sometimes it takes someone you who you know loves you for who you are to just say you've been doing a good job. Yeah. To give you that uh, that relief. That is one of those things of I didn't know I needed this validation. Thank you so very much. I would like to now curl up in a ball, perhaps have my head pat and give me a bowl of soup. I am in a safe place right now. Please keep saying these nice words to me. There have been like there have been much oh my gosh what words okay there's been many that is not grammar okay there for the fifth and fourth and fifth final time i don't know numbers losing these loved ones being in constant grief this year having some pretty traumatic experiences which has left me oftentimes numb to perceiving even what's been going on in and around the world I've always been of the mindset that I would never claim someone else's grief. A few kind words from your auntie and uncle, at least for me, just kind of healed me a little bit. I can I can understand where you're coming from with that. There's so much, and it's hard to balance your own life with the everything that's going on out there. Whether you're drowning in a kiddie pool or you're drowning in the ocean, it still doesn't change the fact that you feel like you're drowning. So I think listening to them, listening to their words, when, when I ask them, you know, final thoughts, messages. Yeah, the messages for you. Embracing your culture, doing that. Yeah, and learning about other people's cultures, like your... Uh, Moving forward job. with love first. And really um, trying to do that. <laughs> Uncle Don telling you to embrace uh, other cultures as well, like him touching on you saying... Uh, that you have so many Blackfoot friends and saying, go to the powwows, experience their culture as well. Well, not not just like experience, but like live, enjoy, yeah, encourage, like- respect. It's, huh? I I think like one thing they like touched on was Uncle touched on was like the surprise of them learning within that evening of us talking about the roles our CMP had to play in. And what they've done. And also just acknowledging the the government's role in the treatment of indigenous women. And the, how they've done them so wrong. I think like just hearing that reiterated again is so... I, I'm going to keep using this, but like it's healing. It's healing to have someone you, an older generation in your family, learn with you and see it. Yeah. And, and then having um, Auntie Noreen talk about how when her aunties were brought to the powwow, how they were shocked that they never knew that this kind of culture existed in Canada for yeah. the 50 years they lived here. And how Auntie themselves was shooketh that all these his, history, and I'm doing air quotes with my history, mm-hmm. all this historical shit that happened wasn't that long ago. It, it yeah, was just... It's so recent. The trauma that occurred, that the government and so many other people made the First Nations community experience, 
and are still experiencing is baffling. It's like this idea that, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but uh, in history textbooks in schools, often when they talk, whenever they do talk about a movement, you'll notice in history books, they make all the pictures black and white. Mm-hmm. When really, um, have you heard of Ruby Bridges? It's ringing a bell, but I'm not sure which Google, bell it's ringing. Google, Google Ruby Bridges. I'm going to finish my thought, and then we'll like learn a bit about Ruby Bridges. In these history books, they're often made black and white to make it appear like it's been 100 years ago. <laughs> In color, photos have existed at that time. They'll just put it black and white to, again, like subconsciously within you be like, yeah, we're learning about this, but don't worry, it was so, 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 so long ago. When really, these pictures could be and were taken in color. So what's Ruby Bridges? From Britannica.com, thanks Mm -hmm. to the search engine Google. Uh, What happened to Ruby Bridges when she was four? When she was four years old, her family moved to New Orleans. Two years later, she was given a test to the city's African-American school children to determine which students could enter all-white schools. Bridges passed the test and was selected to the... the for enrollment to the city's William Franz Elementary School. I do believe I remember hearing about this. It was an all-white school, wasn't so, it? I think they did a movie where she was one of the first to enter a previously segregated school. I do remember hearing about that, And yes. the amount of vile and hatred she suffered at four or five years old, full-grown people protesting her very existence in that school and they made um a movie about it but the reason why i talk about that is often in history it seems like so long ago that they reference it like oh this was towards the end of jim crow and all these things when in reality ruby bridges is in her 60s right now yeah she's she's almost she's almost 70 like, but do you know what I mean? So like yeah, just comparing that's, that, that's not long ago. Comparing that, like when I when I was learning about Ruby Bridges growing up, I assumed it was like in like the eighteen hundreds, like that that's what it felt like to me, but really it was in the in the nineties and the early eighties. Yeah, because um, she was one of the first kids to go to school during desegregation on November fourteenth, nineteen sixty. So that's actually not too long ago from yeah now, like even date-wise, like right now. I think in there I say the last like residential school closed in 1995. I think if you look up, it's actually a little bit later. I believe and, it is. And I don't think it includes the day schools as well. Yeah, because the first time I heard about the day schools was from your uncle. Like, yeah. I, yeah. what do you mean day schools? I've never heard about that. So look up that and then the day schools, because what I want to get into is... Um, just what Auntie Noreen was saying, that she was, there was this constant it- history, like, happening that really isn't history. It's, it's recent. It's within my parents' generation. Holy noodle. Um, okay, so, residential schools. However, the schools disrupted lives of communities, causing mm-hmm. long-term problems that lasted amongst indigenous people. The last residential school closed in 1996. But... I looked at another source that says, when did the last school close? It says in Saskatchewan. So I'm not sure, like, in Saskatchewan in 2008. Yeah, so it's it's this idea, right? So people can say, okay, residential schools are over. They're done. How long does it actually take to implement that? And how many people, even if they shift the language and say this is no longer a residential school? Because what day schools were... 
were they were the what residential schools became so there were still these schools being run by the church with an overtly like message of assimilation right so in saying that it's just fascinating 1997 i was Four years old. I was four years old. As Auntie Noreen pointed out, she and her family, they had no understanding of who whose land that was prior. Who inhabited it? That's a person saying kind of what we've already been saying, but there's just been this disconnect. Yeah. I think it was just really nice to get that within one couple, one relationship, two polar opposite views. Yeah, and two polar opposite, probably like experiences. In a way. Yeah, experiences, yeah. and um, how they came together to continue the culture. Yeah. Before I continue on, what did you think? Um, well, I did just want to finish up on talking about the two thousand and eight thing. Apparently, that's when Prime Minister Stephen Harper was like, "We actually acknowledge what happened with the <laughs> the residential schools, but I can't find that that's actually the day that it shut down, so I can't confirm." So. I'd, I'd probably roll with the concept that the schools did shut down in 1996 then. Supposedly. Supposedly. I, I yeah. yeah. Uh, uh. But that's mean being unable to find more information on that. I think with this, there's something I never really mentioned or I don't think really talked about. No. So my uncle went on to say... I think you deserve, and if you want that support, I I think you, like, deserve to have your status and claim that. Because a big thing that they were talking about was just the the harm their great-great-grandmother experienced at the hands of the government. Something we never really, I never really mentioned then, but, like, no now, is there is a stigma. So we talked about how grandma lost her status marrying a Métis man, I don't think we really went into the fact that to be Métis was not seen as to be indigenous Which is at that time. Which is nonsense. Yeah, so, and it, it, it's a part of blood quantum and everything, but even now there is a lot of advocates fighting for Métis people to remain as an indigenous community whole unto themselves. And I think I've explained kind of like pivoted into the stereotype in my past whether on the podcast or not but I always like had this weird understanding where I'm like oh I'm Métis because I'm half this half this when Métis itself is its own culture onto itself Mm -hmm. it's not two parts of a whole yeah it is its own thing so in in discussing that I don't want to forego that yes grandma lost her status which is terrible but grandpa should have been seen as indigenous as well. Yes. That should have not been an issue. Because I think um, my, my uncle said, it's really great that you're proud to be Métis. But I think like you can be, I think my uncle is status and Métis. I think just because my uncle became status doesn't mean they lost their Métis heritage. Because what it is, is in our family, there's Métis people. And then there's people from more status communities am i making sense i think so like where where someone's cree you can be cree and metis yeah it's like you can be two things at once you can hold two things at once it's like you can both wear a sock and a shoe and one should not subtract from the other yeah so yes i'm 
I'm learning what it is to be Métis and be proud of that currently. And if I ever do receive status in my future, I think I would still identify as Métis. That's... But I, I'm wondering if, like, in our government, the way they see things, is it only one or the other? I don't know. <laughs> I've tried to look at the government website and... Oh, no, not again. It's still... It's looking at it and I'm running in circles, but it's... I don't know what they have to say about it or, like, how everything works there because I... It's one of those things I read it and now immediately my brain absolutely forgets how to comprehend the English language and it's dumb. I think, but. um, something... No, what do I think? Uh, so, <laughs> what were you... I, I had asked you, what were your thoughts? What are things you want to focus on or talk about? Um, I thought it was really cool how... Uh, Don was saying that he felt the biggest surprise that he found was the amount of connections that he made on his journey because no matter what, there's always someone that you can make a connection with. You get a room of people together, there's most likely someone, like, I think it's a room of at least 30 people together, you'll get some, you'll get two people with the same birthday or something like that. I think he was uh, speaking on... But, this concept that I think is prevalent, which 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 is prevalent for reconnecting people, really having this judgment, yeah, almost have like that internalized racism too. Yeah, and I, I, the only reason why I brought up like the you get thirty people in a room and then there's bound to have two people with the same birthday, is because you get two people in one room for long enough, you'll find something that you have in commonality with them, and it's easy even. It's easy to say that, but, oh, no, of course that's not going to be the same thing. Um, no. Every person, every person that I know who has ever worn socks and boots knows what it's like to feel your sock come down off of the edge of your ankle uh, down into the arch of your foot. Any person who's worn socks and boots and wearing made me cringe. Yeah, but you know what I'm talking about. It's like this. Your metaphors are hilarious to me. I keep saying this, but, like, the way you go and, like, paint the image. It's so backwards, but it makes sense. What we're trying to get at i think is is that within this interview there's still connections to be made uncle was not letting the world with their dictation uncle was surprised that in spite of all these things and trying to paint how he should view people his best relationships were with people, even when he didn't understand where his stigma was coming from. Yeah. So, like, for me, I'm like, what if I'm like, okay, bitch, I hate you. I hate you. The world's telling me you're horrible. You're whatever. You're this, this, and this. I really hate you, Savvy. Bitch, is what the world... It is what the world... <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I did a bad thing the other day. I forgot this thing, and then I had to turn around, go home, and get... Oh, my God, I hate me. Um... <laughs> So the world's telling me they hate you, right? Yeah. And I'm just like, nah, there's something. I still like you. And you become one of my closest friends. Yeah. And then later I learn all your back history. And also that the people telling me to hate you were the cause of it. Yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's, it's like jarring. And it, then I it's, think... It's completely rumor high school nonsense. That's the government. Rumor high school not Purposeful. Yes, Rumor. it's like Mean Girls, but on like big systematic scale. Yeah, and they don't have a Damien. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, we do, and we just don't know about it. He hangs out in the back. He's like, mm-hmm. 
Do you have any questions for me? I just feel like I feel like I want to answer something. Um. Okay, I had like this big full. I, well, when listening to this, I had a whole moment because I was looking over my notes. Okay, first of all, can Uncle Don teach me how to call moose, please? Probably. I would love that. I'd also love to see that whole thing. When did he discover that he could call moose? Probably when he was hunting. I don't know. I I I, I can't put words. Okay. I don't know. Your dad yeah. said that he's a moose on the loose. Yeah, so that was <laughs> that was a thing that he was saying closer to the end where he's like, if you ever see like a moose on the loose, that's me. Do you think he picked that to be able for his brother to be able to call to him? Probably not. Well, I mean, it's, it's probably just, it's, it's probably like a, a coincidence and quinkadink, but it it's nice to think that way. I don't know. I was just thinking about like the amount of bears and like hearing that. Uh, oh, where, where was it? Mo, Matt, Matt. It's the place with the the Bear Hill. I'm sorry, I forgot the name of it. I can't ever pronounce it. I think it's called Bear Hill. I think yeah, you just said it. Yeah, it's Bear Hill, but it's Ma. It was just kind of like I wonder if your if your dad learned chose the moose to be able for his brother to call to him maybe later on like when he knew that he was passing he was like I think I'm gonna pick a moose so that maybe but I'm not too sure it was just something floating around in the back of my head of maybe that's something or maybe it's not maybe I think it's nothing at I all. think things are connected definitely I, I think like we've proven that Muscochis that's what I was thinking about Muscochis, that's the place yeah I think we were thinking that we've realized, and at least I shouldn't speak for you, I think I've realized in this podcast that things I think as coincidences maybe aren't. Yeah, oh, it could not be, but it also could be. I remember feeling in our last chapter recording that we, I, I don't know, I felt very woo-woo with Halloween coming around, mm-hmm. and I felt us talking about the amount of bears and all of that stuff. And finding out that Muscochis is also means Bear Hill. It's like, there's another bear. Oh, my God. How many more bears can we get in this story? <laughs> um, I was also wondering, what's your what, what do you think about, like, the amount of cancer that has touched your family? Because I knew that you mentioned before that uh, in Laclabish that the, the water had been polluted up there. And so... That's that's a concept that I was thinking about of like your uncle and then your dad and also Tanya, not Tanya, sorry, uh, your uncle, your dad, Carol was touched by it as well. No, 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 no. No? Okay. Oh, do you want to? Okay, so it was in my immediate family and I'm just talking like aunties, uncles, grandparents. You don't have to list everybody oh, okay. if you're uncomfortable with it. I won't list some of their names just because just no like permission, you. but there are people we've already talked about. So I'll tell you everyone who has had how many, at least that I know at the top of my head. Uh, should I name cousins? You don't eh. need to. It's just like so, you okay. can, it's just linking my concept so, of like the, the environment that they grew up in where it's the water is now polluted. I have some thoughts on this. Yeah, it's just a, it was just something that was floating in the back of my head. Um, so, okay, so dad, colon cancer. Yeah. Uncle, colon cancer. Yeah. Grandpa, who just passed away from cancer, colon cancer. Uh, Auntie Noreen, breast cancer. My Auntie Mona, who just passed away, had a brain tumor, cancerous brain tumor. 
Um, and then I've had, wow, oh my gosh. And um, so that's a lot in like yeah. an immediate family already. Um, there, I've had like my deepest various cousins well. with like cancer. I think environment plays a thing. I'll be honest, the, the learning of the water becoming polluted later on, I did not know of. Well, I just, I was wondering. Until cause... the thing. Yeah. So I always had this thought that my dad grew up working on the rig, the oil rig. Mm-hmm. And I personally feel with any sort of fossil fuel, but especially my dad, I think breathing in the fumes and not being protected. I think like my dad and a lot of my family grew up around this. I feel like that played a part in their health okay. or lack of health. And yeah, if if they're if the water around their home becomes polluted and the plants and animals that they're living off of live in the water and drink the water, yeah. then obviously the pollutants are going to travel. So it it doesn't I guess what I'm saying is it doesn't shock me to learn of the polluted water and know about the history of cancer and illness and other things. Well, it's it, I was just an odd thought cuz also like Uncle Don, he worked on the rigs as well and also experienced cancer. It's just there's a lot of things that lined up and also my deepest sympathies to you. I'm so sorry that you've lost so many unfortunately to that horrible awful disease me too i mean let's put it this way i have so i have like four brothers and sisters i grew up with yeah doctors like since our dad was diagnosed have always told us that one or more of us might acquire cancer at some point in our life like imagine that like you're you're growing up with everyone around you being sick in some way and i'm not talking about the mental sickness like the ptsd or the addictions my mom had or everything my mom was from a heart attack could she have had some other underlying symptoms hell yeah i'm imagining like in her through her life she wasn't as on about getting her health checked Mm. but for me and my brothers and sisters we definitely we we grew up thinking like oh, this major disease is better because it's not cancer. Yeah. So. And that's that's a shame, and I'm so sorry that that was the outlook that you had to experience. But also it's an outlook I same, still have. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, it's I can understand where you developed it from. It's also why I, I, I don't know if I'm a hypochondriac, but it's also why, like, certain things mm-hmm. freak me out. Like, the minute something shifts or changes in my body, it's like I have to go get immediate tests mm-hmm. that other fair. people don't consider. I think, hmm, we talked in the interview about this, but they, they, they brought up my dad, and I brought it up. I, I don't know. I just remember such, I remember a time where it's not necessarily innocence because I was, I think since I was young, I was, I was always dealing with my addict mom and ostracized, oh my gosh, words. Uh, I was always dealing with certain adversities I'd face in my towns I lived in or schools because I was so visibly different from everyone around me. Mm-hmm. There was still a brightness and an innocence because it was before, before really knowing and witnessing someone 
go through something like cancer. It really shifts you. And I I guess that also like aligns to what I was saying earlier about how I I never like to claim anyone's grief. Yeah. Because I've experienced long form grief, turbulent grief, and I've seen the lack of care people have had. And it just like it creeps me out. Yeah. When someone doesn't care to check in with a person and then suddenly because they're they're about to die from whatever suddenly they want to care and have a reaction or emotion maybe this is selfish of me but like i i really try and figure out where i'm coming from when i lose someone personally if there are people who are closer to them i do correct i do allow myself to feel Mm -hmm. but i never pretend to understand someone else's pain and i think that's fair and that's very respectful of you just because it's we can only sympathize and empathize so much like I think you can always give sympathy, but empathy is sometimes something that you cannot give. As I've said, the point of this podcast and everything is to be able to talk about these topics that a lot of other people view as uncomfortable, and some people go a great portion of their life never experiencing Mm -hmm. or having to know, which is great. Like, love that for them. But, like, the point of us talking about it is to give some people some insight if they've never had this experience or if they've had this experience validate hopefully to them that it's okay to discuss these things because a a large a large experience or what I've taken away from what happened to my dad are the lessons he gave me by how he reacted to his situation were there rough days where their feelings and their their fear got the best of them and it lashed out on us yeah that's like a given but the number one thing he always said to me is anything you can't use anything you're going through as an excuse to treat others horribly and when I listened to what my auntie Noreen said about I think you have to embrace people and embrace things with love and they were talking about how they got a second chance at life they both experienced cancer in the early in their relationship and to just like have someone who's been close to that close to death in that way come to you and be like listen embrace your culture don't be scared to learn about it embrace the communities you discover around you uncle talking as you said about like my blackfoot friends embracing them and the community and what they've given me i there's a lot of great things to be positive about and reflective but it takes practice it's not it's not secondary it's like every morning waking up and being like okay what kind of person do i want to be i think i've lived most my life thinking about oh if i die tomorrow really what do i want to do today yeah and i think that's what's that's what shaped the career, my career path so far in my life. Mm. So far, yeah. Mm. Yeah. It, embrace the culture, have the tough conversations, learn about each other's culture. And if people don't want to share their culture in the moment, that you have to be able to respect that. But also, if they, 
If you want to try again, maybe later, maybe ask another person or try again later. What but, else did you want to? Um, what else do I got? Um, I don't know. It was just, it was a lot of questions and I was so surprised to hear Noreen. I was like, oh, who's this, who's this new person? Spe- this new what do they call it? Special, super, random, uh, secret, <laughs> it was a, it was a secret appearance and a secret, uh, <laughs> was it a secret appearance? I don't know, man. Um, yeah, I just found it so wonderful that she decided to be on the podcast. I love that. Um, I was I was thinking, like, so I know that she calls uh, Don Nichimus. Yeah. But uh, it's Cree, but the French word for love is amour. And so I was wondering maybe, like, a long time ago, maybe some sort of mixed language happened or something like that. Because it sounds like something that could have happened, which... I don't know, maybe it would have bled over from Métis or even French, from the French settlers. But it's just, I don't know. I, I saw that and I was like, I don't know how this is spelt, but it sounds, the end bit sounds kind of Frenchy. So, I don't know. It was just something that I found interesting. I found it interesting when Uncle was like, never give up even if you're ill. Mm-hmm. Or never give up if you're ill. Just, just keep moving. Holding on. That- Always try. Keep on pushing. Um, just love one another. Um, Auntie Noreen talking about losing her parents prior to even meeting Uncle Don. Yeah, but also she said that that kind of brought Don into her life in yeah, a way. Yeah, yeah, and how she met him later at Life in 40. See, I'm here 30 thinking, wow, never really had a relationship. It's not too late. No, you're fine. We got we got time to, you, to find love. Yeah, you're allowed to take as much time. It seems as you like want. a lot of work, though. And if I'm if I'm no, honest, sometimes I wake up and I'm like, oh, I'm glad I don't have a partner. That's fair, because some days you just want to not have to deal with somebody else to take care of, and not necessarily take care of, but like just hang out with. Sometimes you just want to have you days, and that's totally just and fair. Um, it was cool that you, uh, Noreen's a chaplain, but. They don't do religious? They don't do They don't religion? consider it a religion. So I think what I was trying to ask in that question was like, in your Swedish culture, is there a sp- particular religion you follow? And she said, no, we've, we just have this creed in our community of... Um, Generosity, truth, and respect. Unity. Yeah. Unity. And then she said she was a chaplain. I, I also want to speak on that. Like, a lot of people mistake following the creator as a religion it's not a religion yeah a religion is like the catholic church mm-hmm. it's more spiritual it's not religion mm-hmm. it's not formulated churches yeah it's similar there's a lot of similarities but i think that's pretty important i think like also auntie noreen sharing with like the fear her father felt not wanting to die alone yeah that made me think about a lot of Things Because later on, when she brought her aunties to the powwow, they, as we said earlier, they felt like, it seemed like they, they, they're like, wow, we went 50 years not knowing about this. Yeah. And going into it with very like, oh, they're gonna, we're gonna have to pay for this, this and this. And, but then realizing, no, they just want to welcome you into this part of yeah. their cu- community and culture, gift you things and celebrate you being there. Yeah. And I just like think like, wow, what if her... What if her dad had that? What if when her dad came here... What if... 
What if, world, ponder this if you will. What if colonization wasn't what it was? What if these cultures were never made illegal, never, never、um, put towards one, never like,、um, what is it called? Fenced in? No. I, I Imagine people coming into the country alone and not having to be alone because there's a culture and a community there that are willing to welcome them in、mm-hmm. with kindness. Because if, if you think about it, when people say decolonization or land back, people aren't saying get out of this country. Like, I think a lot of fear from those terms comes from non indigenous people thinking, like, oh, they're going to steal my, they're going to take my stuff back and they're going to kick me out of this country and I've been here for years and generations and whatever. That's not what it is.、No. Never, never, like maybe in joke and like passing and asides, but like never have I seen any advocate or any person say they want all non indigenous people to vacate the premises. It's never about that. Yeah, no, it's. It's big, and to look at it all and understand that they've been through so much, and your uncle's rediscovery and the journey that he's been on has been so long and just amazing and taking him in different directions that he didn't even think that he was going to go into. But in the end, always coming back to love and care. And wanting to make connections and having that openness, no matter the difficulties and the struggles that everyone goes through, is just love everyone. Come back to it with love and wanting to be seen, but also just acceptance. Just a- I think, like, also just like accepting the truths. I don't know. I just felt like we hit a lot of points here, and or like you and. Being able to talk with、uh, Noreen and Uncle Don, I felt like there was not really much for us to add. Passed me in the thing, wants me to talk about my dad. Please do, please do. Who my dad was.、Um, to me, my dad was a person who had no trouble apologizing for their mistakes with their kids and everyone around them. They were a person who. Was not scared to laugh or cry with their kids.、Um, something we did after listening to the interview when we were taking a bit of a break and having our little pre meeting before recording,、um, I decided since Savvy has been hearing my Uncle Don <laughs>、yeah. and Auntie Noreen this whole time and have been hearing about my family this entire podcast, I decided to one show Savvy pictures of who they, what they look like. And then also, like, show a home video of me and my older brother and sister playing with my dad and my mom, Tanya, when we were kids. I was six years old in the video, it was in 1999. It's actually kind of funny because it was one of those moments that was rather oddly surreal because, you know, when you read a book and then all of a sudden they produce a movie and then there's the characters. <laughs> This is not who I envisioned. In these chapters, we've been witnessing. You finally got to see. Yeah, I finally got to see. And you're like, Noreen talked about Smudge. Who the heck is Smudge? Smudge is a tiny little Pomeranian who's absolutely adorable. <laughs> Has the 
colorings of almost a Rottweiler. Oh, so cute. Um, so, yeah, anyways, I showed Savvy a whole home video of my dad. And, and it was so sweet and so cute. And He was the type of man who literally went with his kid's antics and actively played with us for hours along. Like, oh, in, the video, so in the video, we're having a so-called talent show. And again, I'm six, and my older sister, who's actually our visual artist, is leading it. So you, you got to meet my sister yes, in, <laughs> as a, as in a her very younger roundabout self. way. Yeah, a very roundabout way. And um, there was a lot in of it, we're, we're constantly forcing our dad and our mom to do the same activities as us in the talent show. And they're just giving her. Like, they're going for it. Like, okay, wow. Wow. And I'm just like, dang, look at this. Look at this love. Yeah, it, it seemed like unbridled excitement for what you had. And like what your father was experiencing, seeing everyone just be together and having a good time. Laugh at each other, yeah, laugh with and, each and other. Just be be family. It was so family, it's ridiculous. It was very 90s. It was very 90s. Your dad had a mullet, oh my gosh. From the basement bedroom. To like, yeah, my dad's long, great mullet. If, you, if you've had long hair, you've had a mullet at some point in your life. My, my, my hair was close to being a mullet in that picture oh or in that oh, video. Did I thought see? it looked more like a wolf cut, personally, me. But. Damn, look at me being stylish. <laughs> um, yeah, so we, we ended that with that. Um, some exciting things are that we want to, as we're closing out this portion of the podcast thank you for joining us on this yes. journey for us exciting we're taking a break in december yes right? because december is a lot december is a huge month and we need to be able to breathe a little bit and <laughs> also um, the next interviewee yeah coming premiering in january we're premiering our new special guest grandmama on my maternal tanya mother's side uh, is is joining us, um, Grandma Sandy. Then, not only are we premiering Grandma's, Grandma Sandy's life story, continuing the chapters of experience, fleshing out the characters, anyways, not only are we doing that, we're actually also going to be finally premiering the podcast on on various the, podcast sites iTunes yes. wherever you can find a podcast we're gonna be putting it up there yeah um for the audio only listeners even more exciting after we complete my grandma Sandy's four uh episodes we have decided to continue on and give like a special a little reflection if you will an episode wholly dedicated to me and savvy looking back at all our notes and maybe talking about things we never got a chance to bring up uh or things that we did bring up but ended up getting the chop because we talk for too long and we can't make things three hours long we've decided that is our yeah, that is a, our no-go zone that's, that's... two and a half hours fine two and three 45 minutes great three hours yeah. we can't do a whole john wick <laughs> so things that have gotten the chop we might come back we might even like circle open it up to the public to give us some questions by that time like maybe yeah, we'll have yeah. enough enough of an audience where people want to ask us some shiznit because we've been we be we be talking yeah we do be, we do be. um that being said we want to thank Ooh. calgary arts development for supporting us in our little adventure here with our, our multiple lights and being able to 
entertain these ideas and learn and grow from them. And we want to thank um, Uncle Don, Auntie Noreen, for yeah. joining us in this last little bit. We'd like to thank our visual artists. We would like to thank our production assistant. Yes, the, their names are Desiree Laduser as well. <laughs> yes, 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 and Kay Hall. Yeah. Um, we would like to thank. I'd like Treaty to, Seven. Yeah, this this all of our recordings have been done uh, with when I'm on board is with uh, within the Treaty Seven territory in Mount Kinstis. And once again, we'd like to just acknowledge that we live here and a lot of things have happened here, and we appreciate the fact that we're able to be here. In the spirit of respect, reciprocity, and truth, we honor and acknowledge Mokinstis and the traditional Treaty 7 territory and oral practices of the Blackfoot Confederacy, Siksika, Gaianai, Bikani, as well as the Lahari Nakoda and Sutina nations. We acknowledge that this territory is home to the Métis government of the Métis nation within Alberta District 6. Finally, we acknowledge all nations, Indigenous and non, who live, work, and play on this land, and who honor and celebrate this territory. Thank you for joining us on our journey as we listen, learn, and reflect. Thank you for opening up your hearts, opening up your minds, unclenching your butts, being willing to listen and learn, wanting to listen and learn as well being here with us and taking some time out of your day to just be here and perhaps sit, hear from us, hear from yourself, see how you feel about it. Thank you for all of that. Yeah, thank you for joining us on our adventure of learning through these chapters and it's been an adventure and I can't wait to see where it's going to lead us next. Thank you for joining us as we complete the four episode chapter <laughs> journey of Donald Gladyser's life story. It's been great. It's been eye-opening. It's been ear-opening. We are going to go stretch. We are going to have some cookies. We are going to breathe in some fresh air. Let's take a deep breath together right now. I'm going for four. Okay. <sighs> we'll see you back here in January. Yeah, until then, uh, have a wonderful time doing whatever it is that you end up doing. Or not. Or, yeah. Also have a terrible time and live in it. I mean, you do you, but either way, I hope it's all the best that you could ever experience. <laughs> and if it's the worst, have fun with it. Be your own character. Maybe this is you entering your villain era. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> thank you, Deeds. I had fun. Thanks, Savvy. Oh my god, we're gonna hug. We're gonna do our eight hugs. Yeah. I can't believe. Oh, it's over. Okay, okay, okay. Now, okay, bye. 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 Bye, friends. For now. <laughs> See you in January. Bye.